You are listening to Damascus Crossroads. From Central Kentucky, welcome to Damascus Crossroads, a podcast for those who are seeking healing from addiction. Your host, Tim Altman, will be having real conversations about how the power of Jesus Christ can break the chains of addiction and deliver anyone from this bondage. If you are at the crossroads of your life between continuing a life of affliction from addiction or living a life of freedom, you've come to the right place. May today's message be your Damascus moment and open your eyes to renewal. Hello, everyone. This is your Damas- Damascus Crossroads podcast with your host, Tim Alvin. Beautiful day here in central Kentucky. Um, today, I want to talk about, first of all, I'm going to start out with a prayer. Lord, we thank you for all your blessings. Um, pray for me to uh, not offend anybody today, uh, to, to help someone, maybe something I can say, Lord, and let the Spirit lead me to, to help someone break this chains of addiction lord in jesus name we pray amen uh i was reminded the other day by my wife first of all to pray before i start the show and i was like okay whatever and so then my there was like the holy spirit just told somebody else to tell me mike underwood so he said he texted me he said tim if you don't mind why don't you start your show with a prayer you know so uh you know i want to thank both of them i stand corrected um you know i forgot um you know, a lot of times I'm just in a hurry to throw my show together and get it out there, and you know I don't take the time to pray. I'm I'm constantly, you know, in thought all day long about the Lord and God and and and, and how to serve the kingdom. Um, so I'm kind of like Paul. I, I I try to pray without ceasing, but at the same time, it's it's good to bow our heads, you know, everybody together and 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 come together in unison. Um, and that's where I think so much of the healing comes from. That that I've seen actual real healing. You know, people having cancer being cured. Uh, and different issues uh, is by people, groups of people praying together. And then I've seen miracles happen, uh, you know, but as far as these, um, these phonies, these phony balonies like uh, Benny Hinn that says, give me a thousand dollars and I'll, I'll, I'll knock you over, you know, or, or Kenneth Copeland, you know, seed money and all that. That's, that's a bunch of lies, y'all. Um I don't think God would give somebody that kind of power to 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 heal like that because right now anymore, um, people's head, just with the little gifts people have from the Holy Spirit now, they they get so, um, so high and mighty and, and full of themselves. It, it's it's hard to, they're hard to handle, you know. I, I just don't think we're mature enough for a lot of them gifts, um, you know, to be given to us. You know, I mean, if I, I could imagine if I could go around and heal and actually like by myself without anybody coming into agreement with me, just go around healing people. Man, I would swell up and think I was the big top dog, you know, and better than anybody, you know. Um, but in the end, the Lord gave us all the ability to go out there and um, testify for, for him, tell people about how awesome the Lord is, how, how we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of all. 
you know, if I'm about ready to kick the bucket and somebody prays for me and all of a sudden I jump up and I live another 10 years, guess what? Uh, if I kick the bucket 10 years from then and I still go to hell, they didn't do me anything, period. All they did was, what did they do? I'm still going to hell. I mean, but if somebody comes along and, and um, they tell you about Jesus and, and or if I tell somebody about Jesus and they accept Christ and uh, they die the next day and they go to heaven for eternity, and we have no idea how beautiful heaven's going to be and how great it's going to be and how wonderful, um, you know. And, you know, the other day I took a little I took a little heat for um, saying atheists were stupid. Um, stupid stupidity in the Bible is described as a lack of judgment or incorrect thinking. Um, they have a lack of judgment for sure and incorrect thinking. Um, that's all stupidity means. And I stand by what, what I said about them. Um, does that mean Jesus can't save them? Um, no, not at all. Uh, when I did drugs over and over again and I about blew my heart up, that was stupidity and Jesus forgave me for it. Um, but you know, I've had, I had Christian brothers come out and say, you're stupid. Quit doing dope. You know, my wife told me that every day. You're stupid. You know, stupidity. You know, sometimes you can't again, sugarcoat the truth. You know, an atheist is a, a very, um, what they do is, you know, and what hurts me so much about atheists is is when I read about Jesus Christ and, and what he went through. Uh, you know, he 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 could have called down all his angels and just destroyed the Romans. He could have hung every he could have hung Pilate and all the rest of his goons and all the scribes and Pharisees up on them hillsides. He he could have filled the whole hillside up with crosses and the buzzards and crows would be eating the scribes and Pharisees and Pilate's pecking their eyes out. If all he'd do is snap them fingers, but man, Jesus Christ took that cross and he looked up that hill after being beat. And when the Romans beat you the way they did Jesus, this is a beating that y'all have no idea. These beatings were so severe that the pain itself would cause someone's heart to explode. The, 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 your skin would actually start to bleed instead of sweat. The sweat and blood inside your system would actually mix. These beatings were some of the most severest in fact, Pilate, in fact, uh, most of the time they, they didn't beat people this much uh, because they wanted you to suffer. And the way they beat Jesus, there's no way he could have survived in his human body uh, five days. The Romans usually when they crucified you wanted you to last five days. If they thought if you died early, you cheated them. And so they and Pilate was disappointed and, and upset they beat Jesus this bad. I, I think Pilate. I like Jesus, to be honest with you, and kind of had a soft spot for him, especially since his wife told him not to persecute that poor man. But also, the Romans didn't want you to get beat so bad you died the same day like Jesus did after such a beating. And Jesus, the king of the universe, took that cross, and he carried it. Man, I mean, and what he went through, getting them nails drove through his hands, spread on that cross, humiliated, laughed at. And just to have some dummy, somebody's so stupid that don't know nothing about Jack Poopy, as they call it, talk like they do. Just throw it all away because they don't know nothing. And, and they just say Jesus didn't exist. The Bible's stupid. You know, I feel sorry for Christians because they're so stupid. Man, it hurts me. It hurts me because of what Jesus did, not because of me, not because they called me stupid. Um, That's fine. Um, But anyways, I want to talk about, you know, enough of that. I want to talk about statistics today. And any atheist I offended, I'm sorry. What statistic I'd like to bring to your, 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 now just out of opiate addictions and opioid deaths since the year 2000 when they started keeping track. Don't tell how many it was before that. There's almost been a million 
This is just opiates. This ain't counting methamphetamines, cocaine, and all that. A million opiate deaths in the United States. Okay? To put that in perspective, the U.S. military throughout all the wars, now listen to me, all the wars, from the Revolutionary War up to the latest Afghanistan wars, and battlefield deaths. Now, the Civil War, we had a lot of people die of um, typhoid and infections in the Revolutionary War, but on the battlefield deaths, it's been... A million people died, the same amount that has died from opiates. Okay, just opiates. Now, if, if you add or if you add in um, alcohol-related deaths through traffic wrecks, uh, you got another quarter million. Um, if you add in uh, methamphetamine, cocaine overdoses, other kinds of drugs, you got another quarter million. So you have a mil a one million, a million and a half casualties. Casualties now from the drug epidemic. All the battlefield deaths put together defending this nation, a million, okay? We're at war, y'all. This right here, it, it, it's like the, Paul said, we, we battle not against flesh and blood and bone, but we bless, battle against evil spirits and demonic influence in high places. And in this case, low places too. Um, uh, we're, this is war. I mean, we battle. Um, this ain't no joke. This is what I tell you about this podcast. It ain't. No joke. You know, the other day I got on atheist and what I have against atheists and, and other people that that Jesus is my true cure. Okay, I know it for 100 percent. Now, if I'm a weak Christian and I have somebody, this is what I had so much problems with atheists. As a, as a young Christian out there and they're recovering, they could destroy their whole faith in Jesus Christ with, with their with their crazy fool talk. And then that per person's laying in a gutter, you know, um, you know, full of needles and, and, and OD'd on fentanyl, you know, because they can't shut their mouth, you know, and let that man have their 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 their, their cure, the one true cure, Jesus Christ, and the blood be on their hands, you know. That's the way I look at it. And that's why I, I, I spoke strongly against atheists, you know. And it says in it says in the book of Proverbs, um, it's harder to win the offended man, you know, to, to win somebody over to than to break into a well-fortified city. Um, you know, and I hate to offend them, um, but I can't be nice about that, y'all. Uh, I'm sorry. But uh, that, that's some statistics right there. That shows you the, the amount of, of, you know, like I said, when you add in alcohol, uh, thirteen or 14,000 deaths related a year are due to alcoholic-related accidents. Okay, you take that times 20 years, and it used to be worse in the past. You know, you got almost a quarter million deaths through that, a million through that, a million. I caught a quarter million of other. Uh, you taking all the deaths that smoking and drinking's caused just through liver damage and and health problems. We're probably we're probably going up there on the. Um, oh my goodness! If you took in all the deaths smoking is related for and everything, you're probably getting up in the twenty twenty million range. You know, um, that that can be attributed to smoking and drinking. You're talking huge, massive amounts that are, we're being killed by. You know, we're our own worst enemies and. I do believe that we are our own worst enemies. The annual cost to this nation of drug addiction, criminal incarceration is seven. Get this right now. Seven hundred billion. That's getting close to a trillion dollars a year. Um, whew. And that's not even counting if it, everybody out there has their own horror stories of, of what drugs have done to their family or loved ones, or people in their community, how it's killed them. Um, the price of the broken families, the ah, the broken relationships, the, 
the hurt, the pain. People do things on drugs to other family members that are unspeakable. Um, of course, they do that without drugs, too. So um, that's just a demonic spirit. But, you know, the challenge of sin is, is first it does. First you do it and then it does you. You know, that's the thing with our with our addictions and our, our bad habits. They, they start out so cute and harmless and, oh, drinking that cold beer, sneaking that cold beer, you know, and. That's just cute, and then next thing you do, you're driving down the road drunk, you're running over people, you know, or, you know, um, you know, I, I hurt my hand, I start doing pain pills, and next thing you know, I'm sitting in a ditch with a needle stuck in my arm. It, it all starts so harmless, or like that preacher there, you, you know, he's walking, he's 11 years old, and he's got, he's walking back from the mailbox with a Victoria's Secret catalog in his hand, looking at pictures of girls in brawls, and next thing you know, he's a raging pervert, you know, um. It all starts so cute and innocent, you know. Um, that's why I say with sin, 0%, no amount of it is. And we all slip into it. Believe me, I, I was searching the web the other day, and this girl half naked in a bikini just pops up out of the blue. Boom. And, and I'm not going to lie. I looked twice, and I had to just turn it quick, and I just said, Lord, forgive me, you know, um, Satan behind me, you know, I'm not going to do it, you know, um, you know, I went, I got home from rehab, you know, and I, first thing I do is the wife, wife calls and left her computer, you know, and I just got a rehab laying on the couch, you know, I'm suffering and I have my old coveralls. I've been laying on the porch for like a month, you know, so, month, so I've been to rehab, you know, and I, I run out there, grab and throw them on. And for some reason, I reach in my top left pocket. There's a bag of meth <laughs> and I just started a fire and Lord, forgive me. If I didn't say to myself, I said, you know what? This is just the perfect amount where I can do it and I won't get hooked and, and, and I won't have any more and I'll just call it quits. Lord, forgive me for thinking like that. See what I'm saying? Your mind slips into sin before you know it. Lucky I had a fire going that day. I opened that door quick and I tossed it in there, you know. But that's that's what I'm talking about, y'all. That is how, that is, I, I'm a sinner. I have thoughts like that. Did I do the meth? No. Did I? Did I, I, uh, and on that picture of that girl half naked in a bikini there that popped up when I was on the computer, did I click on that site and go in there and have a, a friendly chat with her? No. Um, but I looked at it and I thought about doing that math. That's a sin. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not perfect, y'all. It's a battle. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I told you about G General Grant. He, you, he was a bulldog because he did not waver. And that's what we got to do, y'all. And I, I've said this before we do not waver. Um, against our, 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 and against our, whatever's getting, you know, eating us up. And I, you know, the funny thing about this show is I got a lot of people that aren't even addicted to drugs that, that really like it. And the people that I thought would never like this show really like it. And I think what it is is, and they, and they say it helps them so much and they're not even on drugs. And I'm like, well, they say it's a blessing to them. And I'm like, what's my show doing for you? Why is it helping you? And then, you know, all that hits me, we all got issues we deal with every one of us. You know, and um, and that's why I think the show, you know, helps other people. It actually, you know, that's why, you know, a lot of the show's not all about drug, you know, how to get off drugs and all that. Um, of course, Jesus Christ is the way to get off drugs. But um, that's why it's so important on um, this show and this podcast. Um, it's life or death. I mean, I, we're basically fighting. We're fighting an enemy that is killed. I mean, killed straight out, flat out killed. More people than Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, I mean, you know, more United States citizens than all our foreign enemies and internal enemies combined. 
in all the wars. I mean, we're talking, you know, a major enemy. And, and another thing, I tell you what, when when I did drugs and my wife would get on me, she said, you support the cartel. You are no better, she would tell me, than them people selling children out there in the, you know, for slaves in the middle of the street in Mexico City. She said, you support that evil, evil cartel when you buy your your Mexican cartel methamphetamines. You know what? She's 100% correct. We we have to take responsibility for that as drug addicts. You know, oh, I wasn't doing nothing wrong. I'd never traffic kids. But yet my drug habit was supporting the very people that do that, the very people that kill our law enforcement, that 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 uh, run ramps rampant apart. You know, these drug cartels and everything else that's infiltrated our, our very counties, our, our smaller governments. I mean, they're, they're like a mafia, and, and people have fear of them. Um, you know, it's around here local too. It's everywhere. And when, every time I snorted a line, every time I bought a line, I supported that evil and I donated to him. It was a donation. Let's put it that way. A donation to something that was not only killing me, but killing our whole nation, enslaving children. Um, so, you know, I can't sit here high and mighty and never hurt nobody. That's another thing I never mentioned on this show is what, you know, what are you supporting when you do drugs? Um, so, you know, it's kind of like my mom and dad, you know, they'd uh, always get on me for drugs and drinking. And I'd say, Mom and Dad, you sell your tobacco base. And look at all these people. Look at Jim, Billy Ray down the road or or our brother Backbiter down the road. He's He's got lung cancer now because he's been smoking for 50, 60 years. And you sell your tobacco base. Well, you know, my dad was, he wasn't a hypocrite. He said, you know, you got a point there, you know. Um, but they took our tobacco base away like a year later. So the government did. So we didn't have to worry. My dad didn't have to worry about making that decision anymore. But I believe he would have just probably not sold his tobacco base anymore. Um, that's the way he was. Um, but so, uh, you know, it's one of them things. We, where's this money going? All this money we spent. I spent a lot of money. Like I said, all my take home pay went for my drugs and my partying. You know, this, um, this pastor Robert Madu from the Social Dallas um, church, he, um, he says, God loves addicts. That, that's his name of this sermon. And I, recommend you watch it on Spotify or, or on YouTube. Um, but he says that God loves addicts because they're hardwired for worship. You know, they, they're already used to worshiping something, bowing down to something, giving their whole life for something. So like he said, all they got to do is turn, all we got to do is turn 180 toward Jesus, put that same effort into Jesus. You know what? If we put the same effort into Jesus, and I, I thought about drugs thirty foot. I, I, drugs were on my mind from the time I went to bed. The time I go to bed. Um, the time I woke up. The time I went to bed. You know, it was either the thought of how am I going to get more? Uh, am I wired up enough? Am I too wired up? Am is it going to kill me? Am I ever going to quit? I need to quit. You know, always drugs, drugs, drugs. That's all I thought about. Uh, Where did I put that bag of dope at? Did I did I did I leave it somewhere? You know, we're hardwired for that worship. We worshiped our drugs. And when we can take that and we can turn it toward Jesus 180, we are the devil's worst nightmare, y'all. Um, that's what I want to be right now. I want to be the devil's worst nightmare. I want him to shake, shake in his boots. <laughs> Shaking his boots. <laughs> like an old country song when he sees me coming. Um, but there's a funny, funny story about about that. Um, you know, as long as we got God beside us, we can we can kind of act tough and brag and, and be, um, you know, act like a big, big, tough guy. But 
you know, the devil, if we ever slip and we, we, we turn our back on Jesus, and if I ever do, and that devil catches me out alone, he is going to tear me a new one, y'all. And y'all remember that if you, if you, if you start walking with Jesus and he's going to, he's going to, he's going to run that demon off you. If you turn your back on, if I turn my back on Jesus, that devil and his demons are going to have a field day on me. There ain't going to be nothing left of me. I know it. I know it for a fact. If I slip up again, they're going to rip me apart and send me to hell. First class. Give me a first class trip to hell. Um, I'm going to give you a little story, a little funny story. Um, when I was a kid on the school bus, maybe 11 or 12, something like that, maybe something around in there. But there's this, um, this fellow on the bus named Big George. And Big George, he kind of looked like that big feller off of a uh, wrong wrong turn that lived up in the hills there and, and chased some uh, yuppies around and tried to kill them, you know, and kind of a, and I'm not being mean here. He's kind of inbred. He might've looked like his, his, his uncle might've been his daddy or something. I don't know. And uh, he was just mean and he'd smack me and I'd go by, get off the bus and he'd knock my books out of my hand or, or kick me or smack me. And I was, you know, I scared of Big George. Most of the time, I'd get all fired up. Somebody do that to me, and I'd fight him. But you know, Big George, he scared me. You know, so one day he stuck his leg out in front of me, and the bus driver's waiting for me to get off, and I couldn't get by Big George, and he's grinning. This guy named Keith Day, he jumps up, and he—I mean, he ain't—he wasn't much bigger than me. He's one of our running backs. I think he's a year older than me. Played football together on the Benita Buffaloes. We called our team. <laughs> if you're out there, Keith Day, give me a holler back. Uh, but anyways, um. He just beats Big George to bloody pulp. But I mean, I never seen nobody get beat this bad this fast. And uh, so Big George needs to say he let me off the bus, and the bus driver's up there laughing because he knows Big George always went around picked on everybody. So back then, back in the good old days, the bus driver just you know kind of looked the other way on that one. So um, so anyways, I I got kind of swelled up and prideful, and uh, I got to picking on Big George. I'd call him inbred and um. You know, I asked him, I had a joke. I said, where was the toothbrush invented? It was West Virginia because he only had one tooth, you know. Uh, Big George wasn't finding all this too funny, and he he would he would stand up, and he would come on back at me, and I'd be sitting right across from old Mr. Keith Day, and I'd, I'd look at Keith, and he'd look at Big George, and Big George would just sit back down, you know. And I think Keith was getting to the point where he's getting Keith was a real quiet guy. Nice guy, man. Never, never was mean to anybody. Just just a nice guy, man. You know, just one of them little quiet guys that if you mess with him, he'd light you up from from one end to the other end, you know. Where I'm just a big dummy, you know. And uh so um anyways, I picking on George and one day I was back at my old famous fishing hole back there and back on old dirt road back there in Florida. <laughs> on a dirt road and a country song up. I guess there could be a country song about this, but I was walking home, nothing but pine trees on both sides, and and uh, right a little bit up the road was Jones Trailer Park, but I didn't make it that far, and there's Big George, Big George standing there in the road with his brother. Now, his brother didn't look near as inbred as Big George, but, you know, right then I, I knew, I looked, and uh, I don't know, I guess maybe I could have tried to outrun him, but I'm just too prideful and stupid, you know, um, to, to run from anybody. So I I just kind of I got I said it's on you know so Big George he laid into me one thing Big George didn't take any consideration which I consider when you get somebody scared they're about twenty times stronger than they regularly are so by the time it's all over me and Big George it rolled down he 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 you know he knocked my head off pretty pretty good but I got him down and we rolled off into a a drainage ditch and 
Well, I ended up about drowning him, and his brother jumps in, and we just kind of break it up, you know, and before somebody got hurt bad, kind of just decided to lick our wounds and go our own ways. And uh, But the moral of the story, um, you know, isn't, isn't the moral of the story is the key day ain't always going to be around. And what I learned that day, you don't want the devil to catch you out on a back country road without Jesus around. You don't want to go slipping, as the old saying goes, slipping. Um, because if the devil and his demons catch you by yourself without Jesus, they're going to tear into you. And um, they don't have any mercy. They're not happy until you're dead. Then you go to hell. I think what it is is the devils and demons, they can't wait to get you into hell. And the more destructive things they can do to you on this earth, um, the faster they can get you to hell. And, and the thing about it is they don't care if you're an atheist. They they don't care if you're a Christian when you get into hell or or they don't care if you served them. They hate you just as much. They have no discrimination. They hate everybody equally. Um, the demons hate us because we're made in the image of God. That's right, atheist. You are made in the image of God. That's right. The God you don't believe in. Um, but um, I was going to get back into statistics. They did a survey, and they surveyed, you know, I think it was a 1,000 people. 85% of the people surveyed on one survey said they were going to heaven only two percent said they were going to hell um 13 percent said they just they didn't believe in hell um another survey that i think better respects the population is uh another survey said that um uh 58 percent of the people said they were going to heaven uh nine percent said they were being re reincarnated I think the first survey was to do with the people in church. Uh, 85% said they were going to heaven. 15% um, basically either going to hell or weren't sure. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I think it's the other way around. I think about 15% of the people are going to heaven. And I mean, I thought I was going to heaven for sure back when I was I was, I was on dope and, and I was living like the son of hell. And I, I look back now at my life and there wasn't a, if I would have died in my sins, I would have been burning in the lake of fire right now, y'all, for eternity. Uh, man, it, it makes me shudder. Um, and, and even now, um, you know, a lot of people say you got to have faith in Jesus and, and we got to be sure of our salvation. Yeah, I got to have faith in Jesus and I got to believe what Jesus said about sinning and about, you know, one of my last sins is, is really forgiveness of, you know, I say I forgive, but, you know, there's people that I, you know, I, I won't invite into my house, you know, and I'm. Um, you know, and I, I won't make an effort to go out and, and and be around them again, you know, and I'm debating, you know, because, you know, some of these people are, are atheists. Um, they did some dangerous things, you know. Um, you know, I don't know if I should reach out to them. You know, a lot of times that's a that's something in my life that bothers me a lot. But, you know, I want to pray for them. And, and if they're listening, you know, I just want to know, you know, I love them. You know, you know, I pray for them. You know, I pray they find Jesus and I pray they repent, you know. If they ever do find Jesus, I want them to know I'm your brother, even though we've done a lot of bad things to each other and we got a lot of animosities. You know, if you find Jesus Christ and, and you know, man, you got, I'm, I'll be your brother, brother or sister in Christ again, you know. Um, so that's why everybody know that. Uh, but, yeah, I struggle with things, you know. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things I struggle with. I think pride, you know. Um, you know, just like getting baptized, you know. The whole thing about baptism is um, – I think it was back back in the, the Jesus's day. It was more of your um, you're coming forward, you're you're stepping out in front of everybody, 
you're becoming a new man. Um, you know, now everybody kind of, kind of, you know, coming forward at church, you know, praying the sinner's prayer. You know, that's kind of like a baptism of the Holy Spirit right there. You know, it's not a baptism of water. Um, I think the baptism of the water is more of the is, is more of a pride. You know, where where I was, you know, for years, I was like, man, I'm a Christian. I don't need to get baptized. But you know, to me now that I did it, I I realize now that it was a um, it was a step. And and I think a lot of people look at me different. A lot of people looked at me like, um, you know, you ain't nothing but a, a fraud. You know, you ain't nothing but a liar. You know, you're gonna be back on dope, lickety split. You know, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they come up. You know, I never thought they would say it. And they say, congratulations. You know, we're proud of you. You know, um, so, you know, it shows people, too, that, that you're serious about Jesus. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm glad I did it. And, uh, you know, I recommend it to anybody out there. Um, the most important thing is, is, is those is, is that 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 talk you have with Jesus. You know, that old song, I, I have a talk with Jesus. You know, and that's the most important thing, that talk you have that where you're telling you don't talk to him. You, you're, you're you're just telling him how sorry you are and how you apologize for, for your evil lifestyle and how you're thanking him for what he did for you. Jesus is awesome, uh, but that statistic. Um, okay, and then a, a, a general population statistic. Um, you know, the United States. You know, a thousand people surveyed. It was fifty-seven um, percent of the people think they're going to heaven. <clears throat> um, it says here that like twenty uh, percent say they don't. Uh, there's nothing out there. Blah blah. Like thirteen percent um, are reincarnation i guess buddhist and all that silly stuff um and then two percent or some three percent said they were going to hell um at least three percent of the people out there are honest you know that that's good <laughs> I, I guess you know there's almost that much percentage of devil worshipers out there i think it was three to four percent of the people you know so they're going going to hell you know um <laughs> what that tells me is is we got a lot of people out there that that don't know they're sinning because man, when I look at people's lifestyles and I look at what they do and, and how they speak and how they have no fear of God and, and they think they're going to heaven, I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, I'm confused, you know, um, man, I mean, I live a pretty, you know, I'm not bragging. I mean, I lived like the devil man before I did, you know, I, and I did do a lot of things. Even when I was in my drug addiction, I did a lot of the 10 commandments and I tried to honor my mother I didn't go out and rob people and pillage, you know, stuff like that. But then when I look back thinking I was self-righteous, you know, I didn't honor my mom. Um, I had hatred in my heart. I stole from my wife, you know. I was mean to my wife, you know. She'd get on me for doing dope, and then I'd throw a temper tantrum, you know, and call her names and make fun of her drinking, you know. Um, you know, as, as I was going through my my um, addiction, my wife also had a drinking problem, which I didn't help any. Uh, <laughs> Like a preacher pointed out to me, uh, he said, um, he said, um, you know, I don't blame her. She had a good reason to drink you. So oh, that was my preacher. He was always um, very supportive of me. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, but yeah, I guess he had a point there. So, you know, um, you know, I was mean, you know, mean to family members, mean to my wife. Um, that's just that demon of, of, of drug addiction and some people say, you know, you can't blame it on you. You know, you're just a a-hole. I mean, that's as far as I'm going to go with a cuss word, but that's what they say to me. You're an a-hole. That's, um, they actually made a song like that on Bob and Tom. You're an a-hole. But um, this is a Christian podcast, so I'm not going to go into singing Bob and Tom songs. But um, anyways, that was what everybody said my theme song was. Um, 
And I was. They were right. And uh, look what Jesus has done for me now. Um, and like I said, I've either, I mean, I've apologized to everybody I could, either through this show or face-to-face. And um, I'm sorry for what I did. And you know what? Um, it's just one of those things. Uh, but the Lord will change me, and uh, he's working on me. It's taken a while this time. You know, I I was a heavy drug addict, and uh, it's taken a little while, but the Lord's, the Lord's definitely working on me. I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for direction. Um, that's another one of my new sayings, and uh, I'm definitely heading in the right direction now. With, Lord, with the Lord's uh, help, I'm going to make it to heaven. With his grace and his faith, um, I got faith I'm going to get to heaven. You know, that's what the preacher said when I went up to get baptized. You know, he said, um, if you die today, are you 100% sure you're going to go to heaven? And I said, I'm 100% sure that I'm unworthy to go to heaven. So he looked at me, you know, and because you're not supposed to baptize you unless you're, you know, pretty on the straight. And I said, but look, through through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and through faith, I believe right now if I die, I will go to heaven with the Lord's mercy. And um, because none of us would go to heaven right now without the Lord's mercy. None of us. So I, I hate to even say, yeah, I'm going to heaven, you know, blah, like, you know what? There's somebody that's got something to say about that. It's a man upstairs. It's Jesus. It's the good Lord above. He's got something to say about that. But, um, you know, through faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm trying to do the best I can. But, you know, I don't want to get up there and say, you know, say, Lord, did I not testify in your name? Did I not um, do works in your name? Which I'm not really I'm any kind of miracle worker by no means. I I can I've prayed in groups with people with several people and I've seen people get healed, but that's got nothing to do with me. That's got to do with the Lord and people coming together and praying in His name. Uh, other than that, I um I watch the Lord bless me. Um, I watch the Lord bless my family and stuff like that. But has nothing to do with me again. Uh, so I I really have no gifts of the Spirit. Um, other than you know I share the gospel with people. I guess that's a gift, you know, of of the Spirit. But um, you know, I don't want to get up there and the Lord say, "Depart from me, you worker of iniquity." Um. You know, I don't, and I pray I, I don't get up there and, and that, you know, um, I just do the best I can, and I still got a lot of work to do on myself, y'all. We we all do, but really this podcast is this right now. If you're down the, if you're down addiction or if you're, you're recovering, hang in there, brother. Um, hang in there, sister. Like I said, my grandma had that little little sign with a little, little rope on it with a little knot, and it said, when you reach the end of your rope, tie a knot, hang on and pray. So that's what we need to do. And remember what uh, Comrade Joseph Stalin said, the famous murderer of millions of people. He said one person's death is a tragedy. A million, a million people's death is a st- statistic. Let's not become a statistic, y'all. Okay, so with that note, God bless you and have a good day. Thank you for listening to Damascus Crossroads Podcast. If you like what you hear, Follow us for more episodes. You can also visit our website by clicking the link in the description below. We'd like to thank Andrew Osinga for granting us permission to use his song The One True Thing on our podcast. If you haven't checked out his music, you're missing out on great praise and worship songs with uplifting messages. May God bless your day, your week, and keep you strong in your faith.